0: Hey everybody welcome back to another no regrets marriage podcast i'm your host johnny morton and i'm joined by my wife carla who has been under the weather and so her voice is a little scratchy as you can tell mine is so
1: we're still froggy yeah yeah
0: so she may not talk as much as normal um but we want to go ahead and and, and get another podcast out so uh here we are and we sort of do this with, what's the word I want to say? with uh,
1: Trepidation?
0: Trepidation, yeah. Okay. Uh, and because what we're going to be talking about over the next couple of podcasts, and who knows, maybe it'll go to three, we'll see. But we want to talk about married sex. Um, you know, sex is not one of those topics that, that people talk a lot about. Now, my background is in, a lot of it's been in youth ministry and working with teenagers, so we did talk about it, but, you know, for most people, and especially we're talking about people within the church, talking about believers, that we've grown up with the idea that, yeah, sex is something good that God created, but just wait to get married. And the message beforehand is don't, and, you know, we've gone through all sorts of You know, through the years, I can remember true love waits and different purity pledges and promise rings and all the different things we could try to do to get people not to have sex before they got married. And probably not real successful, to be honest, when you look statistically. Oh, and so it's not something you think about that, you know, we've talked about this before with other couples. We've done a retreat on sex, on married sex. And, you know, it's just not the kind of topic that you think about that you grew up and you might be discussing. Um, no. You, you really don't. Other than, you know, that as far as I can think of, when I was a teenager growing up, and, and I was probably guilty someone of this, too, is that when you talked about sex, it was almost, it came across in a very negative way. And then once you get married, okay. And you know, then people don't really know how to talk about sex. And and so one of our goals is, let's face it, sex is important in a marriage relationship. It's not the most important thing, but it's important in the relationship. And we'll talk about its place a little bit as we go along. And we just want to start the conversation. And maybe it's not a conversation you've ever really had with your spouse to talk about sex in a real meaningful, um, positive, constructive way. And we're hoping that maybe we'll open some doors and thoughts and and give people a way to do that. And so to sort of give you an idea, a roadmap for where we're going to go, in this first session, we want to talk about both myths and truths about sex and sexuality. Uh, One of the things we found a lot in marriage is, as we talk with couples is, you know, I think there are still a lot of myths out there. And some of these I'm sure you've heard before. And, you know, so some of them may be rehashed, but just bear with us as we sort of lay the foundation of where we want to go. But then what we want to be in our next session is really giving you some parameters in a way. How do you talk about sex in a really healthy, constructive way that's not embarrassing, that's not, um, you know, we're not talking provocative, but just in the same way that you'd be able to talk about other parts about your relationship? Because I'm not sure a lot of couples really have an idea how to do that. And so I think in so many ways as in anything else, I mean, you can imagine... One of the things we found is that Christian couples, even those involved in a church on a regular basis, that when they're struggling in their marriage, they don't even want to tell people about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, for sure. And then to talk about something that's the most intimate thing that a husband and wife experience with no one else is really like, oh, okay, so that's kind of you know you don't want to do that. So where do you go, so to speak, if you have questions or you have concerns about something?
0: So in that light, uh, let's get started. And really, where I want to start out is I want to read a couple of quotes. And one is from the the book Married Sex by Gary Thomas and Deborah Felita. and the quote just says, Hey, a great sex life is something you make. It's not something you find. And we sort of carry out that principle. We talk about marriage itself, that great marriages don't just happen. You've got to be intentional about building a great marriage. And so I think that principle applies to our sex lives. It's not just this. Yes. Sex is natural as far as the way it works, but a great sex life is something that you can work towards. And something that can be improved about and something that you can learn how to do it better. And this other quote, and for years, I mentioned before that I, I've worked with teenagers, and you know, I'll be honest, it was frustrating because, you know, I tried to teach them truth and and the reasons why God wanted us to wait. And you know, students just don't. And I'm talking about, talking talk at a Christian school and and, and you don't find that they were committed to waiting till marriage and i mean in the culture we live in today you can understand why so often we're a product of our culture and we have a culture that the i guess the sexual ethic for our culture today is hey if you're consenting adults and that is a good thing if you're consenting adults do what you want do whatever you want to do as long as it doesn't harm somebody else if it's consensual there's really no boundaries and no parameters to that. And that's led us to a lot of the issues we have today, that kind of prevailing attitude. And I'll be the first to say that it was probably my generation, the baby boomers that really ushered that in to our culture. And it's just expanded from there further along. Uh, Hey, this is a, a quote from the book, The Great Sex Rescue, and that's by Sheila Gregoire. Um, it was really a, it was really interesting when I read it because it was really all about sex from a woman's point of view and being a male, I found it very, very, very refreshing
1: huh uh,
0: And you know said I really encourage you. I know different people have different thoughts about that book and about Gary Thomas's book, Married Sex and I will reserve, let you read those and you make up your own minds about those. But I think as in everything, hey, there's truth, truth is truth. And there's some really neat insights. And I remember the first time I read this quote in one of my classes, especially with the females, it was like an aha moment that this is something that resonated with them. So I just want to read that because I think it's such a really good quote. Hey, great sex is a fulfillment of a longing for intimacy, for connection, to be completely and utterly bare in every way before each other. Hey, yes, bearing ourselves physically for sex is necessary, but that's not the only kind of bearing that real sex involves. It's also a bearing of our souls, a deep hunger for connection, a longing to be completely consumed by the other while also bringing intense pleasure to both of you. And I remember reading that, and it was you could tell the brain was working. And it was like, that is something that's worth waiting for. Because these were kids, I guarantee you, and I'm pretty sure they were sexually active, and that kind of sex is nothing they ever experienced. And I think that that's nothing you can experience outside of the marriage relationship.
1: Yeah, no, because there's no sense of the safety of... If you're having it outside of the marriage relationship, there's no sense of that committed, safe, secure place to develop and expose yourself in the most vulnerable way. Can you have sex? Yeah. But can you have this level of intimacy that it was meant and designed to bring? No.
0: Yeah, and and in that way sex outside of marriage physically pleasurable yes otherwise people wouldn't be doing it but it will always be a counterfeit to the sex that God created i mean it's like having a genuine rolex and going to buy one off the streets of new york the the fake ones it may look sort of like it but it will never measure up to what the real thing is
1: and it's of course unfortunately part of what satan has done to deceive people and to lull them into thinking they're missing out if they're not doing what the world is saying
0: we got to do. Absolutely. So let's jump into, uh, hey, what are some of the myths that are out there about sex? And I want to go, I'll read these, and then Carly, you just respond, is you choose to. Um, I remember this as a guy, and I think this is sort of a guy's thing, especially for... Christians who they've waited and then they get to marriage and even if they've made mistakes and they make a commitment to be pure mm-hmm. until marriage again, um, that marriage is licensed for sex and we're going to have sex every day <laughs> because that's what we want. Um, how true has that been in our marriage, Carla?
1: Uh, that was never true. But I think the the thought, like you just said, it's probably somewhat of a myth in the sense that most people statistically
0: Yeah, I guess you could have sex yeah, every day. You
1: could. I mean that's and that's awesome. Um probably most people do not. Yeah,
0: and if and that's your expectation, you're going to yeah, most likely might, be disappointed. Yeah,
1: there might be some adjusting needed on that expectation. So, sometimes going into marriage if a couple's thinking we can do it every day and and you can, but probably the reality is that's probably doesn't happen
0: yeah and I think we've used this statistic before and it's a great place to throw it out here and that is if you were married 50 years and you had sex three times a week which is above the average and we're giving you 30 minutes on a time okay that if you added all of those up over the course of the marriage it is like less than 0.001% of your married life.
1: Yeah, so again, when you hear that, you're like, wow, really? Okay, so again, we talk about it in the sense that it is like this power-packed dynamite. It is so powerful. It has a huge impact, but the actual volume of time is really small in comparison to all the other areas of your relationship that you're going to want to work on because they take up way more time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're gonna go through these pretty quick. Uh, one, the idea that good sex just comes naturally. I think like anything else, you gotta learn.
1: And for some, it may be a little more that way than others, but as you said, it's a it's an art that gets better over time.
0: Yeah, it, it's this give and take of learning. Hey, what pleasures your spouse, what's not pleasurable to them, what's uncomfortable, and figuring it out. And that's part of the fun of it, is really growing and learning in that, in that level of intimacy in your marriage relationship. So, and, and I say that because I think there's a lot of times, you know, we've heard from couples that when they first get married and they start in their sexual relationship, it's like, you know, this is what I waited for. <laughs> and hey, just understand. It's like you know the whole fine wine; it gets better with time. Yeah, and my wife would probably shoot me for saying this, but yes, we've been probably. married forty, almost forty years, and I will say the best sex we've ever had has been in the past five to ten years, easily. Would you agree? I would agree. Okay, would there agree. you go. And, there, and, and she as, agreed. We
1: talk, as we talk about some of the other reasons for barriers and things like that, we'll 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 hit on some of those.
0: Um, here's another one. A good spouse will always be in the mood for sex. Mm. Yeah. I, I think people get disavowed of that myth pretty quickly. And then sometimes the idea is if you're not, then there's something wrong with you. No, yeah. that's just normal.
1: Yeah. And everybody's, there are going to be some highs and lows and some patterns, some sort of cyclic patterns to some of that, that is to be expected.
0: Um, I think some of the classic myths are those that have to do with gender, men and women. Um, I think the idea that, you know, men are more interested in sex than women. I think most of the research has proven that's not true, that it's actually pretty equal on both sides. Uh, One of the things we've talked about before is that even where you have one partner that has a significantly higher sex drive than the other In most uh, relationships, both of them say that they're not having sex as much as they want to, both the lower drive and the higher drive person in the relationship. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, The idea that sex is really just physical for men. It's not about the emotional. And for a woman, it's all about the emotion. Man, great sex involves both physical and emotional and spiritual.
1: Yes, that is true, and that that's probably that's probably a pretty deep rooted um, concept. That, and I think the reason that is, is because of uh, most of the time, for a lot of females, there is sort of that weaving of all those other layers that you just mentioned: emotional, even spiritual connection that then sort of lead to the desire to be intimate physically. And I think sometimes a man in general may can move faster in the physical, even if some of those others were not in play. And that's one of the things we'll talk about later as we talk about places that we can somehow, sometime, have issues is because one may not be quite ready, if you would. And so it's that idea of figuring out how to help them. But I think that's probably a myth that still resonates a lot with people.
0: And one final one, and this actually, we talked before about myths overall in marriage, and this one sort of relates to that. And that's the idea that, you know, my past is my past. And that marriage is going to erase all my previous negative experiences. Hmm. And you know there because of the fact that let, let's be honest that you know we're we live in a fallen world and we're fallen and we still sin and there's a lot of people a lot of believers that you know fell into sexual sin before they got married um one that is not a bar to having sexual fulfillment once you get married okay that is sin and god forgives it Uh, But then the other hand, because people had negative experience, they think, okay, but when I get married, it's going to be wonderful and great. And there still may be pain from the past that you have to deal with to really free you up to experience a sexual relationship the way that God designed it to be.
1: Yeah. And definitely that could be one or both parties. And the problem is, Because our brains and the part of the brain that is the memory part, and the memory part usually is tied to emotions, and that's part of why it gets stored as a memory, because it was a strong emotion there. So the problem is, if we're both bringing into the marriage relationship previous sexual encounters, things like that, those may be in play. And those may be things that have to kind of be worked through. So the myth is, to restate it, that that doesn't affect you anymore. That what happened in the past is what happened in the past, and it won't come into play. And I think when you think about that, you realize that's not true. They may very likely be impacting things that you have to sort of deal with.
0: Okay, now obviously that's not an exhaustive list of myths because I think we all bring different ones into marriage, but I think those are some of the key ones that we've seen and over the years as we talked with couples and we've done research on it. Uh, let's talk more about, hey, what are some of the truths about sex that Scripture teaches? Uh, and, and the number one, and I think this is it, and that is, hey, God created sex, and sex is good. It's not dirty. It's not something that needs to be kept hidden away that you just never talk about. It is one of the most incredible gifts that God's ever given us in the right relationship, and that's obviously the relationship of marriage. I mean, I don't know what God was thinking when he did that, but you want to talk about some of the most intense, physical, emotional pleasure you can ever have? Sex is it. And I just say, God, thank you for creating that gift of sex. So, you know, this idea that, you know, sex somehow is bad, man, that is not what scripture teaches. It is an incredibly good gift that God gave us. Uh, All right, let's learn through some of these other ones. One, uh, as we've already sort of mentioned this before, hey, sex is something you really learn, Um. Boy, the more you grow in your relationship with your spouse in physical, spiritual, emotional intimacy, man, sex is going to get better. As you're more comfortable with each other, as you're more comfortable with your own bodies, as you're more comfortable unveiling yourself physically, emotionally to somebody, hey, sex is going to get better. You know, we talk all the time that couples think they come into a marriage and they're great communicators, and that, and most of the time they're not.
1: Or even if they're pretty good. They probably have lots still that they're going to need to learn. And like you said, a lot of people may not even be strong to start with, but everybody, everybody has constant room to grow in that area. So this is just like the same thing as that.
0: Yeah. We say, we often say that a great marriage is a journey, not a destination. And that applies to the issue of sex as well. Hey, it's a journey where you're going to, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be challenges, but it's going to get better. And it's something you can learn to really have just an awesome sex relationship with your spouse. Um, Hey, some I mean, of the sex is personal. It's the most personal <laughs> well, thing okay, you should Johnny, do.
1: That's an obvious well, statement. And I think, well,
0: that's, that's the problem with sex outside of marriage that it's very impersonal. It's just about, you know, selfish gratification, I think. And it is not supposed to be that way in marriage. And unfortunately, there are people in marriage that treat it that way. That sex is purely to satisfy myself. When as in everything else, sex is one of the places that we need to practice sacrificial love, putting the needs and the desires of our partner ahead of our own.
1: And that is so, you know, when you think about what you just said and the opposite of what's happening in the world where they tell me now, uh, women that are single, that they tell me now that having sex is like a handshake. That's what it's become. That's
0: Yeah, I, I think, and I can't swear in this stat, but I remember reading it really not long ago, that the average number of dates that a couple goes out before they get involved sexually is three dates.
1: And, and so you think about it, you talk about how it, it totally is so impersonal in that kind of way. And then when you think about like what you just said, that it is in, intended to be this incredible connection on every single level. And if for believers, if we approach our sexual life with our spouse in the same way we're to do that in other areas like how can I love you how can I serve you how can I do what would be pleasing to you if we took those same questions and we flip them and we talk about that in a physical way I mean wow how would that amazing would that be for someone to feel like my spouse wants to love me hold me, touch me, pleasure me in a way that is pleasing to me. Meaning not because they're interested, it, they want it now in the way they want it, when they want it, but it's all about the other one. I mean, that totally reframes the entire situation compared to anything outside
0: of yeah. that. And, and, and I'll be honest, if I had to think and go back to one way that God's really transformed me, when it comes to the issue of sex in marriage from our very first years, a long time ago,
1: a long time ago, yeah, yeah,
0: long time ago. Uh, I was very, very selfish and it really was a lot about me. And part of that was ignorance. Part of it was falling into that thing. I will, it just happens. It's just natural. Not the idea that it's something you have to really work at. And, you know, and I can honestly say, and that my greatest, you know, my greatest joy when it comes to sex. Yes, I enjoy it. And I enjoy the, you know, what it does for me, but man, I want to give you, I want to satisfy you.
1: Well, and I think again, that's, and that's a that's God thing. Too. Cause that yeah. was not me. Yeah. And I think again, just like we've said before, you showed me a couple or you show me a man who is saying to a woman, How can I love you? How can I serve you? How can I pray for you? What can I do for you this week? How do I put you first over my desires, my needs? I will show you a woman who will absolutely be head over heels for that man. You just, you're going to be, if that is their heart. And so you take that same thing and you put it within the most intimate part of your marriage. That's going to, produce the most beautiful fruit also could can there be challenges absolutely can there be some barriers to working through it of course but like in the other areas those can be overcome and a lot of times that's where the problem comes in is maybe there's some struggle there and where maybe you would go talk to somebody about dealing with conflict or communication or you know, some habit things you don't like about your spouse. This gets really intimate, personal, and it's hard to do sometime. And so that's part of one of the things that we're going to want to have conversations about is how do you have some good, healthy conversations around it?
0: And and I think the final truth and that we're going to talk about today, because our time's moving on, is I know this is sort of crazy and people think it is, but the man sex done right in the marriage relationship, and it's an act of worship. It is a celebration of who God made you as an individual, who God made you as a couple. And when you're doing it the right way, with the right attitude, with this sacrificial love, man, that honors God. Man, God is pleased with that. So I think that's sort of a... You we probably will,
1: might have... Yeah, some of them may have wrecked if they were driving and listening. We will so leave anyway.
0: on that note. We probably will come back to that again. And to be honest, as we've gotten into this, I can see that we'll probably end up doing three sessions on sex because there's really so much we want to say about it. But, uh, hey, I, 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 hope you'll, I hope you'll come back and listen. <laughs> um, I hope we've handled it in a way that has been... Uh, proper and right, Uh, but I hope you hear our heart. Man, for a lot of couples, sex isn't near what God designed it to be for a variety of reasons, and we're going to talk about some of those in the episodes ahead. But just know that you're probably not alone if this is an area that you're struggling with.
1: And that's what we wanna talk about too. And like I said, because we we know we've been there, we've experienced lots of pieces of that. We know lots of other people have. And again, there's seasons to things. But we want to give some hope that says if it's an area you're struggling in, this may be a place, though, that you can really experience incredible growth and a blessing that just is huge for, for both of you.
0: Uh, perfectly said. So on that note, uh, we'll say goodbye and just encourage you to keep on forging. Bye.